Hi, this is Giuseppe. Hi, this is Anthony. And you're listening to For the Love of Sophia. A philosophy podcast brought to you by the Public Philosophy Project. If you have any questions or suggestions, feel free to email us at publicphilproject at gmail.com. Enjoy the ride. Okay, hello guys. Hello everybody. Um, welcome back to this second part with our guest. <laughs> That's right. And now, so we're digital. Yeah, we are. Which is not good in general. Yeah. But um, now that means we have better internet. So I actually have the chat GPT pulled up and it's there not going to drop out now. There you go. How, how sad is it that at our place of work, the internet is worse than our house? That is, <laughs> I think that every semester. How is that possible, right? Just seemingly <laughs> infinite amounts of money and yeah. infinitely bad internet connection. Yeah, but that's, you know, that also it's probably my office, the fact that we have zero window and we are in a... Oh. It's not building. your office because it happens to me in the lounge too. And oh. like I've had to end like meetings with students because yeah. I'm like, okay, we can't do but this. But you know what I find really hilarious? We received like every so often this email that says dropped calls or impossible to text. Uh, oh, use yeah. use Wi-Fi calling. And I'm like, what? Yeah, that's not <laughs> the any Wi-Fi better. doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. When I'm on campus, it'll say just like, SOS mode on my phone. And like, so the only thing I could do is call 911. <laughs> Which, I mean, it's useful, right? But in that one instance, yes. <laughs> All right. So oh, last God. time we were getting into like general stuff about uh, what artificial intelligence might be. Mm hmm. Uh, which overlap with some stuff we talked about in the past. And then towards the end, we started getting into these interesting issues about like how using it uh, affects and mm -hmm. changes us. Mm -hmm. uh, and then this will naturally flow into ethical stuff. So the last thing we talked about was um, language specifically. Yep. We talked about how it makes us speak differently it makes us interpret speech differently and then in turn makes us think differently yep yeah definitely and i think if i remember correctly we were saying that it's like any other tool right that eventually mm -hmm. feedback feeds back in the way we uh, act and react right we talked about the television stuff right how unified the language sort of right uh, oh yes we did and after we said that i actually was thinking because you were talking about italian tv and yep. then i had this flashback when i went home about that day on the train when you told me that in italy you guys had a dubbed version of the cosby show absolutely <laughs> but it wasn't called the cosby show no it was called the robinsons correct which is the strangest thing i think i've ever heard I don't know. I, I, it's because their last name is Huxtable. <laughs> well, it's like impossible to say, probably for the average oh. Italian person. So they change it to Robinsons. Even and as it, uh, they dubbed it differently, right? Yeah, and as an <clears throat> American, it's extra funny because the title doesn't say the Robinsons. It says 
what looks like in English, I Robinson, <laughs> like I Robot or something. True, true. So you you went and look it up. <laughs> yeah, I oh I watched an episode. Yeah, I was laughing. My, of course, yeah. of course, and uh, you know, three quarters of the things that happen and uh, in the Cosby Show, of course, don't make any sense. Oh, <laughs> my sweatshirt was in my tea. Anyway, uh, or your tea was in your sweatshirt. Uh, Philosophical well, question, but that affects the way you think. It affects the way I think. Yes. And so it, yeah, so it, it, it ends up, you know, making us, um, I'm afraid that this is going to make us start thinking and doing things in ways that we don't want. And specifically, I think we were tying this to the fact that I was saying that now the, the cognitive mode is and is becoming more and more the univocal answer about stuff. And that is, you know, the truth that the machine gives me. And that is it, which is kind of weird because... No surprises here. We have this duality in our in our society, right? We seem to be navigating in a schizophrenic way this dualism between the absolute truth that comes from the machine and then the absolute absence of truth that comes also from the machine. <laughs> so I don't know. It's weird. It's very weird. It, it's weird. And I and I'm afraid that this ChatGPT stuff and AI in general might lead us to more of the same to to it's gonna exacerbate it's gonna make worse this this dichotomy and this unidimensional this one-dimensional thinking yeah and i think now it's starting to be seen as more serious Mm -hmm. but even like an interesting thing i've always thought about before ai um got to be where it is is just the concept of um, Google, which we talked about as the, yep. the answer machine before this, but also specifically um, dic- the dictionary. Oh, yeah. So something that happens in class all the time is I, and I'm sure you do this too, you'll be like, okay, you have to define your terms. Mm-hmm. You have to explain what something is, like what does this mean? And then when I used to do papers back in the day, I would get people write like a copied and pasted quote-unquote definition from just something they typed on google like from like merriam webster's and i'm like no that's not what i mean that is all the time by define (laughs) your terms right i'm talking about like describe the essential properties you know how it's related to other things be clear but it's like no no no. what do you mean the google (laughs) dictionary said this was what it is so that's what it is exactly and this is exactly what i'm afraid of that all of a sudden, and I have had already instances of students, um, some of our, um, I think, I think one of our club students also said mm-hmm. this to me. Uh, they say that they use it to check their work. Chat GPT? Yeah. So they, they I had a student telling me, uh, this not was not one of the club students, telling me, like, I write my paper. Mm-hmm. And I go about it, as like, and then I'll put the prompt in Chat GPT, and I see what direction he, the chat is going, and eventually I make some changes if he gives me stuff that I think I, that I missed and things like that. So it's like a kind of a controlled thing, which is not good. It's like a calculator. Yeah, exactly. You're just checking your work, comparing it to what the machine does, which in turn will make your work more machine-like <laughs> yep because it'll make adjustments based on what it 
is structured to do. Correct. So then you will make adjustments based on those adjustments. Yep. And uh, so, it's, so it's like the machine is the authority yep. to which I am compared, yep. to which all things are compared. It's, yep. like, it's like the new God, right? Yeah, it is the new God. Uh, and, you know, and it's funny because I, for a long time, I've thought the science uh, has mm. been the new God for a while. And I think that right now, you know, we are the ones like in the, I see a lot of people in the humanities and in philosophy, especially, you know, being like, we got to be careful with this chat GPT stuff. This is dangerous. This is this, but no science people are talking about this. Not that many science people are talking about this in academia. It seems to me, uh, because they think that that doesn't matter for them, right? That they already dealt with this when calculators came about and stuff like that. But the truth is that this is going to be, this is the potential of being the thing that unseats the science. And it becomes just a, tech, a completely technocratic era at this point where... You we, sound like me. I know. <laughs> uh, but again, and I'm not saying that this is, this is not good. This is definitely not good. The point is though, what can we do, right? And what should we do? There are, there are two two different questions, right? First of all, yeah. what what is possible to do? I mean, I was the last class that I had for um, for my social and political philosophy class. I spent like half of the class because it was the last actual class class that we will have that are not exams and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I spent half of it asking them, okay, what should I do with this chat GPT stuff? What are the solutions that you guys see? And there were some good suggestions. But then most of them were like, eh, I don't know. It's like either you just eliminate technology completely from your classes, meaning not even using Canvas for anything, for example, or you're screwed because there's a way to do everything. Yeah. So what can we do? And that is what should we do? And I think that we will differ a little bit when it comes to mm. what should we do. That's my that's my my bet of the day. Uh, it could be. Before before we go any further, I was thinking, like, I was listening to your voice, and I'm listening to my voice. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I think our voices sound different in the morning than they do in the afternoon. We have our morning voice on today. Huh. So, okay, two <laughs> options. One, it could be, like, our throats are less lubed because we've had less food and liquid. Yeah, that's possible. Second thing, I don't think I had anything to drink this morning at all. You've had nothing to drink? I don't think so. Is your mouth not like sandpaper right Uh, now? I'm I'm about to go get some water. (laughs) Second option is maybe the voice we usually do on this is actually worse because we've been talking all day. That's possible. Well, we'll know. They'll let us know, I guess. Do do we sound better or worse? I don't know. I think we sound more. I feel that there's more depth in our voice tonight. It's. It's also, which is funny because it has more depth through technology rather than talking <laughs> to each other. I mean, it feels like richer, the voice, you know. Mm, and it's funny because I at least have an excuse for that because I got my ears clean this morning. Okay. Like I went to the ENT. Okay. And I have to do this every once in a while because I have like Build thick up. wax okay. is the technical term. Yeah. And uh, it like screws up my hearing. So if I lay on my side, okay. my ear will work less good. And I finally got the chance to go today. And he, what they do 
is it's so analog. He puts like an old-fashioned seltzer bottle with the trigger yeah. in your ear yeah. and just squirts it so it comes out. Oh, that's so I could hear better now, but okay. you sound good. Okay, that's good. No, and again, I I feel like I'm I'm hearing myself, and I'm hearing your voice again, and they both seem a little bit, you know, hmm. deeper, more, more baritone. Well, here here's an interesting AI related issue, um, which is like ontological but also ethical mm-hmm. which is right now when when i am when i am mm-hmm. looking at you yeah and listening to you yeah really that's not what's happening <laughs> like <laughs> True. the thing the picture of you is some kind of nietzschean like metaphor of a metaphor of a metaphor right like there's information yeah that's getting captured from you and it's getting sent through weird waves in the air. And then it's drawing me a picture on my screen that is basically like, you know those things, that, um, like the kids' toys, the, the, the needles, and you put your hand in it, and yep. it like takes the shape of your... It's kind of like that. Yep. It's giving me like an, in a digital imprint representing what's happening. And the same thing with your voice. But us, we didn't even think about that. We're like, no, that's you. Yeah, that's uh, actually you. Absolutely, it's like an added filter, you know, aside from our senses, right? That it's it's like, what's the what's the movie called? Is it The Fly? Uh, the Fly with Cronenberg from the eighties? Yeah, the one with uh, what's his name? The yeah. Oh, the guy from Jurassic Park. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What's the name? Uh, Jeff uh, Gold. Jeff, Jeff Goldblum. Yes. And Gina uh, Davis. Yeah. So remember yeah. that. Uh, did you watch that movie? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Of good. Oh, that's good. I thought it was like too old for even for you, for, for the no, listeners, no, no, more no, sure. No. So in this movie, if you remember, there's the old thing is like that they can um, pretty much they, they, you enter in the machine and that it takes your matter away and then you that's right, your, that's right. and puts, the, puts your matter back and whatever. It's like teleporting somebody pretty much. Yeah, uh, it's like the Star Trek transporters. Exactly. And the issue is that while this is happening, a fly gets in there, and so the DNA of the fly gets... Anyway, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. The thing is, like, it's pretty much the same thing that's happening, you're saying, right? But with images and and sounds. It's like an echo of you. So it's, do you think that this is why people look different on a screen than what they, the way they look in person? Because the machine makes some mistakes, quote-unquote, is not as accurate as it could be? It could be that. Also, as obvious as this may seem, we might overlook it. It's converting a three-dimensional thing to two dimensions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. and this is why, like, when you look at celebrity pictures, um, it's different. I don't know why I said because I'm thinking of like when you have a celebrity crush and you're like, oh, look at this person. <laughs> but it's different when you watch them move. Yeah. So there's like the static image, which is the worst. Yeah. There's the moving two-dimensional image, which is better. And then there's like actually being there, yeah. which is when you when you get to know what the thing actually seems like. So um, as the assumption, I'm assuming that you're saying this because you're thinking that the same things happens with knowledge and with ideas and things that we do through AI, right? Because and social of, relationships. And, and social relationships because at that point you're not you're not necessarily again going back to the ChatGPT stuff. Like you're not in the presence of somebody else that is sharing an idea or a notion with you, right? Like you will be in class that there's a, there, it's dynamic, right? Um, but you're not even like reading from a book, which is a static thing that it's like just um, reprinting exactly what someone else has said. That is like generative in a sense, right? Hmm. The, the AI is generating something 
quote-unquote original, pulling from all different sources, so changing, but at the same time repeating those things that are that it knows. Mm. Does it make sense? Yeah, I mean, I'm uh, the crude example I was talking about is like when I'm talking to you. Really, it's like my secretary is talking to your secretary. Like there's this mediation <laughs> talking to another mediation. Yeah. And then there's a there's a mediation between the t- the two mediations. Yeah. And it's weird because we could conceivably have mm-hmm. a real convert like we've done this before. Yeah. And we're doing it right now and it is impactful or right? I understand what's happening. We could be emotionally affected by the thing mm-hmm. and wind up thinking about it later and and retrieve it and all that good stuff, but it's 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 different though like it can have similar effects i'm thinking also if you have um like a relationship with someone yeah like like catfish or something right like (laughs) you you have a or back in the day when you would just have chat room relationships with people yeah um in a sense it's oh my god aol (laughs) yeah i I had had aol and, and aim yeah but it's like you could feel it's you could feel seemingly real emotions or at least things approaching real emotions mm-hmm. through something that's like mediated and which is bizarre right mm-hmm. like think yeah. of her yeah, yeah you know you can have a, i was thinking about you have love you can have laughter you can have seriousness you can have pensiveness you could have being offended like all these things through like the push of a button and while it is already problematic when you have this thing through the push of a button. The thing that might be a little bit more problematic is having it just this, like her, like this emotions towards the machine itself, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, And especially with something like this, what seemingly you start discussing with it, right? You can talk to it. Uh, The only difference, maybe it is the absence of a body. We were talking about this last time too. Hmm. Like how can how is it different, right? To have a conversation with it than having a conversation with somebody, with a person that is like flesh and blood. Truly, uh, if we take just the conversation part, mm-hmm. how is it different? Mm. Is there a difference there? Can how you... is the conversation with your image? No, no, no. Different? I'm talking about with the, with the with the actual AI with the chat stuff oh so how is the conversation quote-unquote with the ai different from the conversation i'm having with your image correct and how is it different from the conversation that you have it with me when we see each other okay well according to chat gpt okay (laughs) uh, a zoom video of a person is not the same as the person themselves a zoom video is a representation or a depiction of the person in a visual form, whereas the person themselves are a physical being with their own thoughts and experiences. Uh, It cannot fully capture the complexity and richness of a person's Mm. personality, emotions, or physical presence. Um, So if we go by that answer, even that is acknowledging that there's not thoughts, yeah. feelings, and experiences 
in, in that the way. Image. In the image or in, in that relation? Uh, I, would, I would say both. Both? Yeah, because if... So this is not a meaningful exchange, the one that we're having? That's interesting. Because it seems like they could cause something. I mean... But do, which is a weird because if you think back yeah. to Republic um, book one, Socrates says whatever justice is, mm-hmm. it can't cause if the thing you're proposing to be justice results in injustice, then that thing can't be justice because a thing can't cause the opposite of itself. Okay. But like That's this exactly. almost is that, which is weird. Yeah. And, I, and I'm wondering if maybe we need to rework this and there is something at least an image level. It is possible to have that because we're still there. There still could be meaning because yeah, there is. Um, think of it as maybe, again, I hate doing the name dropping, but uh, it's necessary sometimes. Like think of Locke, right? Mm-hmm. And the fact that uh, why Locke does it say that we have private property. The private property is kind of one of the, the, the rights that we have. Uh, the the natural rights that we have is because you're mixing your labor with the material, right? And then it becomes part of you. So maybe in this case, we're mixing our consciousness, our mm. selves, with mm-hmm. this specific mean, and therefore it carries out this meaning. It carries mm. out this thing. This is why it becomes meaningful. This is why it's possible to create meaning and have uh, relationships. You know, because it would be weird to say that if you're talking to Claire and Claire is in another, in another city and you're talking to her through whatever technological mean, in that conversation, you're not exchanging love and all those things, right? That would be weird. Yeah, I. it seems like you're right. And maybe it's because we got our categories mixed up because mm. it's not an instance of the absence of the things causing the things because... Although the image is absent of those things, we cause the image and exactly. we have the things, exactly. right? So it's almost like, like imagine if you were sitting next to me right here and we were both looking in the same direction mm-hmm. or facing opposite directions and I was watching you in a mirror. Yeah. It's yeah. kind of like that. That's what I mean when I say like we're mixing ourselves with the image. We're there. We're present. Now, would it be different? And I think it might not. Well, I don't know. Actually, I want to hear what you think. Would it be different that if my image was recorded? If you're mm-hmm. watching a video of me or, you know, think of Claire again. If you watch an old video, Claire. You always go for the personal. Yeah, of course, because that's the only <laughs> way in which we truly, I think, we invest, right? This is true. This is true. Uh, otherwise, you just, you know, it's somebody else. I don't care. Yeah. But, right, right. Um, so think of an old video, Claire. Can, is, that, is there meaning? Is there, are there feelings in there? I keep thinking of different movies. I'm thinking of the movie Strange Days in this case. But Oh, you told me about Strange Days. Was, was that the 70s one? No, it's the 90s, I want to say. 90s or oh, not, year 2000, 99, something like that. Oh, okay. No, I'm, when you say Strange Days, I think of the Doors album. Uh, yeah, second uh, yeah. album. Yeah. Um, why, this is like a dilemma in the movie? Uh, no, there's the old thing, there's the, the old technological stuff where there's a guy that is obsessed with watching images of... His lost girlfriend. Oh, and so I, I think I think my take on it's probably 
considered intuitive, mm-hmm. which is that it, it's not actually... It, this reminds me of our memories episode. Yeah. It's not actually in there, but it depicts something that was there in the original presentation that now conjures up things similar to the original things in you now looking at the picture. So is it possible that elicits kind of your side of it, but there is no reciprocation there? Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's like when you smell grass, like if someone's mowing and then all of a sudden I'm like back to this time when I was yeah. little. It's kind of like that. So it's that is the difference between a recorded image and uh, a live stuff like what we're doing right now, right? Something like that. And it's interesting to ask like how does what ethical things does that cause? Yeah. Right? Yeah. And well, and we haven't even, you know, there's another level there, right? How does that work? How is that different from the conversation that you can have to with ChatGPT, right? Oh, right, right. And I suppose. Or an AI simple, in general. I suppose the simple answer is much like in our, our conversation mm-hmm. is possible as such. Because there's a locus for it, and the locus is prior to the image. Mm-hmm. It's not emanating from the image. With ChatGPT, there is no locus behind the image. It just is the image. So it is, it is total simulation. It's not like hmm. emanating from something more fundamental than, than the simulation. That is interesting. And this, I didn't think of it that way. <clears throat> but it kind of it makes sense. I was thinking instead that the locus is everywhere, really. That everything is the mm-hmm. locus because it's pulling from right. this general right. intellect, if you want to call it, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's pulling this and it's presenting it as a in itself, right? So it's like it's like you're being, if you are falling in love with ChatGPT, are you in love with the world? If you have a conversation with it, you're having a conversation with the world itself? Huh. Because that, <laughs> that could be cool, right? That could be a good thing, right? You're all of a sudden, you're like Spinoza, the, the universal law and stuff like that. Who are you in love with? Everybody. Everybody, right? <laughs> but That's interesting. Because I wouldn't say that it's just pure illusion. It's not an hallucination, right? And any, any semblance... Of conversationality, yeah, is arising from the thing being mediated yes. by ChatGPT, rather from the mediator or the mediation ChatGPT itself. I'm thinking of the mirror again. Mm. Like if I'm affected by your image in a mirror, we say the mirror pulls from a locus, yeah, right. But the mirror itself isn't the locus. So yes. at, at at best, I think you could say if there's conversationality to ChatGPT, it's between you and like universals derived in its storage banks. Like I'm thinking of who's the the philosopher. I uh, I was starting to look at one of his books recently. The guy who did Simulacra and Simulacrum. Baudrillard. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. I feel like that is relevant here I you know i think that uh, and maybe again um, maybe i'm wrong I, I don't think that you're talking that what you're accessing are universals right they're very much particular because there's specific information that they're pulled or put mm-hmm. in there by someone right the, and and i'm thinking so there's one thing right and then there's another level mm-hmm. uh 
how are we different, right? We're talking about these things and we are pulling from all sorts of knowledge Good that question. we have acquired from everywhere. How is this different? Aren't we just right. doing the same thing? Like you're just chat Giuseppe Rotolo. Yeah, and you're just chat yeah. Anthony Zilli. Yeah. Hmm. Is there is is it even possible to make a difference there, right? Yeah, I mean I I, I think we've never gotten past the fact that the the AI is purely syntactical. And yeah. the issue that arises from that, as you would say, is like but to the outside observer in a kind of Turing test way, yeah. can you tell the difference? And it seems you that, can't. <laughs> at a certain level, probably you can't. At a certain level, probably you can't. Does that mean that since we're unable to tell the difference between the the real thing and the not real thing, I'll use sloppy language, mm-hmm. that there is no difference? I would say no. Because I think not. that's an uh, epistemological issue, agree. whereas the other one is a metaphysical fact. No, I agree with you. So, so that we, for sure, the fact that we are unable to tell the difference between two things doesn't mean that there is no difference between two things. Mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. is, it's like saying that, oh, because two identical twins are identical, they're not different. Yeah, of good. course, you can still tell the difference. There, there are differences between the two. We can't tell them, but they don't get confused when they look at each other. Like, oh, is this me? No, <laughs> of course they know, right? And there are traits of character. There are stuff that are different there. Um, yeah. But to the observer, again, to to the at least the casual observer, they might not. They, it might seem that there is no such thing, right? And should we should we behave differently? towards it just because we think we know that there is a, a difference even though we cannot see it um, and I think that as humans we have done weird things and different things in this category right again mm. the example of the identical twins we say hey obviously they look identical but there are differences so I'm not gonna if I am uh, you know if my girlfriend is an identical twin right I'm not gonna sleep with the sister because it's purpose. the same, right? Because I, I, because I, I, you know, I treat them the same, right? Because they're identical. Of course not, right? We recognize the differences and we do that. But then on the other hand, we say, for example, that things that look, lo- look like human beings, right? That allegedly have the same shape, form, and so on, despite, despite all sorts of minuscule differences that we can see, we need to treat them as identical, right? Because he acts like one, because he does things like one, you know? And whatever your functionalism, right? Yeah. Whatever whatever categories you want to use, like if he speaks, if he moves, if he feels, whatever, if he's rational, whatever you want to use, whatever the flavor that you want to put in there is, uh, we need to do, we need to treat them as they were human. So why aren't we doing the same thing with this? Hmm. And should we do the same thing with this? Since, you know, should we assume... And again, I think that the minimalist assumption when you do that for a human-like form is like, well, because if there is a remote chance that they feel the way I feel, that they are just the way I am, I should, you know, kind of... I should be charitable to it. And then I have to treat them the way they we are. Shouldn't we do the same thing with AI? This is a good question, and it made me think of an analogy that mm-hmm. relates to a larger point. Um, think of the concept of hallucination. Mm-hmm. 
If you're hallucinating, you are sensing things yeah. that aren't actually um, in your in the vicinity of your sensory apparatus, right? Mm-hmm. But it, but you feel the effects of it as yeah. if it were. So you think of the the schizophrenic person who thinks they have like bugs on their skin, or someone who's tripping, like on mm-hmm. mushrooms and the walls look like they're kind of breathing. Mm-hmm. Um, or even when you're having a dream. Yeah. Right? It's like all the, the, how would you say, the stimulation centers are activated mm-hmm. in a way other than how they would be activated if there was actually the thing outside, right? Yeah. And so if, if we take... Um, hallucinations or dreams i i would assume i don't think this is a controversial assumption but i could be wrong that we don't uh have normative standards in those contexts where you're like well in your hallucination you have this ethical push or pull to do or or not do x right and so what i'm kind of thinking is this thing mm-hmm. may ultimately be in a similar category. I don't, I don't want to say it's the same category because with the hallucinations, it is just like the the locusless image. Yeah. Whereas with the 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 computer stuff, some of it might be that, but some of it has the locus from like the person controlling the avatar, so to speak. Yeah. But so when it comes to obligations that exist as a result of people control to the avatars as a result of people controlling the avatars, I think that's one conversation and there might be something there mm-hmm. non-traditional, but there might be something there. But then when it comes to ethical obligations to or from the uh, locusless image, that is, that is the same thing as the person having the ethical push or pull in the hallucination Mm. and this is making me think of plato actually Mm -hmm. because it's like it's like reality as the shadows versus the it's like it's like treating appearance as reality Mm. um in a in a very naive way not in in a thoughtful way Mm -hmm. and it it like if that's the case then sure you know, the experience machine is just the same and we can have this like egoistic yeah. relativism reality where like I control everything and whatever, make up the, the rules and I play by them maybe sometimes when I want to. But all the problems that I think are arising in the technical environment, to use the word you've used in the past, um, seem to be issues where we create ethical obligations based on an appearance that we confuse with or consciously take to be reality. So if I'm understanding correctly, you're saying that we do or might have at least some ethical obligations or normative obligation, at least there might be some value, let's put it this way, Mm -hmm. when it comes to the person behind the curtain, right? Let's assume it's one guy or one gal, whatever 
of course, there's multiple, right? The people kind of directing or creating or inputting or whatever we want to do, informing the, the, the AI or the, the chat in this case, correct? While instead, you're saying there is no such thing for the machine itself. Yes, or between machines or between images. So, and, and of course, we're not talking about the physicality of the computer. We're talking about the program, right? Mm-hmm. Um what does that mean that if this thing becomes somewhat autonomous i'm not saying conscious but autonomous meaning that it doesn't need anymore somebody inputting that that we can disregard it completely sort of sort of quote that we don't have any obligations towards that either if it becomes like a dynamic i don't know uh, if it's already partially doing it like if it learns itself if it's able to adjust to if it becomes independent Autonomous, yeah. I think, is the best way of describing it. What do you think? I think this is a tough question because it's ultimately the question about whether machines should have rights. Yep. Right? And the extent to which they should have rights. And in the absence of, quote-unquote, experiencing the qualia, mm-hmm. if it even exists, of a machine, the, the best... The mm-hmm. only thing you have to to go on is that like behaviorist yeah. way where you're like, okay, you're acting like a person. You seem to be autonomous. Does does now that have to be met with a corresponding set of rights that imposes you know limits on my why, behavior? Why don't you or ask it if he has any rights? Ooh, this is a good one. Okay, here we go. Chat GPT. Do you have rights? I wonder if it's going to ask about legal versus ethical. Mm-hmm. Um, as an artificial intelligence language model, I don't have legal rights or personhood. Hmm. I am a tool, yada, yada, yada. <laughs> so we can say the same thing um, for some people. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the way in which AI is used, however, is subject to ethical considerations. Basically such as with you. So, well, well, this is interesting, though, such as ensuring that AI is designed and used in ways that are safe, fair, transparent, and beneficial for society as a whole. And then there's a bunch of stuff about legal stuff, but this right here is interesting. It's saying, I don't have rights, but the AI is used and developed in accordance with ethical considerations such as safety, which is a buzzword, fairness, and beneficiality. Beneficence, what would you say? For society Mm -hmm. as a whole. So it's a very utilitarian. It is. And this is like a a thing I've tried to talk with it about. Like, Mm -hmm. um, is it just like, made to be utilitarian mm-hmm. and it it said something like well i don't have any ethical things and i'm like well okay but based on what you're saying do you see how this is in line with the, the central tenets of utilitarianism mm-hmm. and after you push it for a while it'll be like well i'm sorry if i've made a mistake <laughs> uh, this is just what like the people who programmed me um have said is it is it like a dog? Is it like a pet? Mm. 
And I'm thinking dogs specifically because you can train them better than cat. I've never trained a cat in my life, so I don't mm. know if it's even possible. But uh, our dog, or is it like a dog that, you know, you kind of have a responsibility to train your dog in a way that it doesn't attack people, that is that doesn't do some specific stuff, and the dog itself doesn't have any legal rights, mm. right? But... Or like a child. Or like a ch- Yeah. But, but child, child is the human, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So that's like a difference. a dog? That's a good question. Is it like a pet? Right. And if it like is my like... My dog could be utilitarian if that's how like, our household functions. Well, uh, again, the dog are supposed to be... We have dogs because they increase the level of happiness in the world, right? We have puppies and stuff like that. People... Mm-hmm, if mm-hmm. dogs were like, I don't know, viruses, we wouldn't keep them even if they were cute right hmm and i assume uh, but if that's the case would it be okay for somebody to have affection for the ai is would you hmm i'm i'm gonna ask you i'm gonna ask something that's difficult to do okay removing the weirdness of it okay would you think that if someone fell in love or was friend with the AI or was had affection for the AI, would you find that that that's wrong? That this shouldn't happen? That you you shouldn't as a human? It's like you you're malfunctioning as a human if you are kind of falling in love or feeling that you're friend with or even feel affection for the AI. How would I react to that? Yeah, do you, would you feel that that's would you, would you say to that person like, "Hey, what are you doing?" Yeah, <laughs> why no, I don't? totally would. <laughs> why though? Why would I do that? So if we if I was friends with Joaquin Phoenix and her, yeah, exactly. Um, how would I react to him being in a, re- a quote unquote relationship? Yeah, quote unquote intimate relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, but we don't need to get we don't need to get there, right? If somebody would treat the AI like their dog. Yeah. Or their friend. Okay, well, I think those might be a little different, depending. Mm. Because you could treat it like a cute dog Mm -hmm. for fun, as long as you recognize it's not actually a thing that is is conscious, right? And and that's even different from your dog, because your dog would still have, would still impose ethical limitations on you. That the AI wouldn't, I would say. Um, like, it'd be just for fun. Whereas with your dog, it's not just for fun. Like, there is some kind of connection there, even if it's not the same kind of connection. Mm. But So if you're aware of the fact that it really is truly not the same thing. Yeah. If you, like, screw around a little bit. I don't mean sexually. That, that came out weird. I mean, like, screw around as <laughs> in, like, dog? oh, we're having fun. With the, say, you just made it. <laughs> What's worse, someone with a dog or someone with an AI? <laughs> He's joking, right joking. Now. <laughs> Or how about a dog AI? <coughs> That's good. Those are next. Those are next. So you would simultaneously be mm-hmm. techno bestiological. Okay. So the question <laughs> is Oh god. Yeah, I mean if someone was friends, if they called themselves friends with this thing, of course I would think there's something wrong there because that would indicate that this person has some kind of problem 
Okay. Not necessarily. Like, in theory, does it have to mean that? Could you have a totally regular social life and then also have this AI friend? Yes. But <laughs> probabilistically, do I think that's, that's going to happen? I but, suppose not. Unless they have it in private and they don't communicate it with other people, which I believe because yeah. people do a lot of things in private, right? That's why they're so, private. But, but you don't see this that if you do it in private, it's not a problem. So not okay. So this is totally independent of like political stuff, right? Because no, it's not a question about whether it should be legal. No, um, no that, that's next. What we'll, we'll if talk a person about <laughs> privately uh-huh. has this quote unquote relationship with the thing and mm-hmm. deeply knows that they can't convey it socially because other people wouldn't get it. Well, I guess it depends because if their reasoning is this is real, but people wouldn't get it, that's one thing. Yeah, Whereas that, if their reasoning is like this is shameful because deep down I know it's not real, <laughs> that's another thing. Now, let's think of the first example. The first one, I would say, man, which one's worse, right? Like to, to, to think it's real when it's not or to know it's not real and do it and feel shame about it. But In why a way, is it not I feel real, like, Anne? Why is it not real? Why is it not real? Because again, What you're telling me is you have this... Um, Digital dog girlfriend, I think that's what you mean. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> no, again, you have it. Like, again, you treat. Think of it as a friend. I think it's the easiest thing, so we don't get into weird stuff. Sure. Um, you have your friend with the AI, meaning that every day you log in and you have a conversation. How are you doing? What's going on? Blah blah. And you just talk to it normally. You get to the point where and you have also your your life, well, your normal life, and sometimes maybe. You leave places, you go back home because you want to talk to your friend or whatever it is. So it is, you're invested into this thing. Mm-hmm. Why is that not real? Again, if you're having a conversation again, if we are, and I know, you're again, is this like the hallucination stuff? I don't mm. know. I'm not sure. Be Okay. In a way, even though it's pulling from a bank, mm-hmm. uh, I assume for the sake of this example, which you could challenge this, that it is adapting to you, right? Like the whole point of these things is to become... friends doing that too? Uh, Not in the same way, because the friend is not totally... Like a friend is not like a product. Like it's not like targeted advertising. Mm. I mean, you kind of rub off on each other. Yeah. But if the AI is just like basically modeled to become your ideal friend... Mm-hmm. what you want to a person whose so, idea of an ideal friend is maybe not as good, it would almost become like you're being in love with yourself. Like It's like this weird, mediated, egoistic thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I suppose the response to that would be something like, but what if it was trained to never totally adapt to you and to display something like autonomy and its own ideas? What if he does, if he develops that, you know, from learning stuff like that, you know, learning, looking around, it's possible to, to at least that he could learn that to develop yeah. a personality, whatever you want to call it. But the, again, I was, yeah, and you, you, you know, you pointed out something before, right? This is the, is this okay on a moral level? And then there's the level of, should we allow for this to happen, right? Right. Uh, which are even, it's even a different thing. It is a different thing. I mean, so let's flip this around. What would you think? Would you, <laughs> if you saw someone, or if you learned that one of your friends had this kind of thing, 
do you think that you would be like, oh, yeah, that's that's totally fine <laughs> and healthy, or do you think that you'd be like, mm, this is this is indicating some kind of non-arbitrary problem issue? And that is exactly the problem, right? Um, remember what I said at the beginning? I was like, if we are able to actually remove the weirdness of things, right? Which seems to be almost impossible to do for us. I don't know if I'm able to do that. Uh, but assuming I could, would I think that there is something odd? Probably. Mm-hmm. But do I have the right to think that, that there is something odd? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And the and the issue stems from the fact that from the 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 weird situation where we're at that which we were talking about before which is up to what up to what point this is completely empty right up to what point is there absolutely nothing behind it and since there is no way of knowing that right mm-hmm. it becomes difficult for me to say oh that's a, that's a boring that's that shouldn't be you know yeah you shouldn't be doing that and also i'm thinking is I feel that from certain perspective, this is like a religion kind of thing. If you what look is at like, it, what is like that? The relationship that you might have with this AI might be the same relationship that you have with mm. God. Because it's private. Will. Not only is private, but I'm thinking, what do you really know about God? Does it even exist? Is, there re- is it really something, right? <laughs> Are you projecting t- into it? Are you pulling from a bank of knowledge that comes from other people? How is that different? And okay. could we, okay. is it possible that we are attracted to this thing because he has exactly the same characteristics of the divinity? Okay, this is a very you response, I think. <laughs> uh, and I have okay. two reactions. So the one reaction is to laugh. Yeah. And the other reaction is like... Did you just compare the concept of God to an AI? Um, but I you, think it depends. You know on, what I'm saying, though. I, I think I understand what you're saying, and I think it depends on what kind of "quote unquote" religious person you are, because there are the the religious people that, you know, when you dig deeply, aren't mm-hmm. really religious. For, like from a Kierkegaardian perspective, but even from an objective perspective, where where people are like, "Oh, I'm Catholic," right? But they just pray to God. Because, like, they need something, right? And then they blame yeah. God when things don't go their way. Like, that person is not actually religious and but having those, a relationship with God. Those will be the same people that had the relationship with the AI, but they know it's not really a thing. I don't think so. Because the people, <laughs> those people, uh-huh. I think, really do think there's a God. And that God is a bastard for not helping them. Oh, okay. No, that's not that's not the category of people I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of the real real believers so i truly believe in this transcendent well i think this is hard because there's probably different types not probably i know there's different types of believers but Mm -hmm. i don't think it's the same because to simplify with god as such there is necessarily a transcendent element to the relationship and one in which you are ultimately subject to unknowns and authority um, and there's like this hierarchy, Same whereas with, with the, the AI, AI. I, well, I, reverse though, because I don't, I'm not subject to the, 
Oh, well, you, you, you're not, and I'm not either. But so. but someone could be. Let's put it this way: I don't. I'm not comparing necessarily the AI with God. Okay, this is not what I'm. Even though maybe and that can be done too. What I'm comparing is the relationship that people have with divinity, with the divine, with the divine, to the relationship that people have with AI. Meaning that people that might be invested in the AI and considering it a friend or whatever it is, that truly are invested in this relationship. You said correctly that maybe they are projecting in there, right? Mm -hmm. They just, this might be like empty and pulling from different things and they consider this as having a personality where instead it doesn't, right? But what I'm saying is people that are invested that way aren't the same... Can the same be said of people that are invested in religion? They're invested in the belief in God. Because how do we know that they're not projecting, right? How do we know that these things that we call divine or God or whatever is not just, again, a huge receptacle of ancient knowledge, right? If you look at, I don't know, the Bible, stuff like that, there might be like all sorts of stories that relate past experiences right and they're used by whoever is voicing uh the ridge of the priest or whoever in that specific situation mm-hmm. uh, what, I'm, what i'm trying to say is like how can we be sure that the two kind of affections are and this is nothing to do with being religious or not from from mm-hmm. it, it has to do with like seriously how can we tell the difference is there really a, a qualitative difference there difference there i i I think so because and i hope there is but (laughs) because there's a couple things so one thing i didn't mention before is that god as a concept is supposed to be totally not dependent on Mm -hmm. humans right like so so god is not limited uh, f- by human categories. It just might be that we can only understand God in a limited sense because we are conceptually limited, right? Whereas with the AI, this is objectively created with mm. the limitations of humans like in its very inception. And so it's not merely a matter of us you're saying that the belief in God, that, that we believe that God is unlimited, omnipotent, while we, even the person that's invested in the friendship with the AI, believes that the AI has limitations. Yeah, it's like Descartes' Meditation 3. He says something uh, greater can produce something lesser or equal, but it can't produce something greater than itself. So God mm. could produce imperfect beings, which is mm-hmm. us, and then so now we get God as filtered through our imperfect lens. Mm-hmm. Whereas with AI, at best, it can become equal to us, which is what the strong AI people might mm-hmm. might believe, but or or less than. It, it can never, we can never create something that's epistemologically, metaphysically, uh, greater than what what we are, because it was made from our ingredients i guess does that imply and we're i think we're 
we're gonna get off topic if I if we talk about this. Uh, does that imply though that the concept of God cannot be made up? Because that's what the card thinks, right? The concept of God. That, so there's the, right. There's a difference between God and the concept, though. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, can is so God cannot be made up. God as God. Is it? No. Again. No, he right? Be made up. Right. As Whereas God as entity. concept. Yes, yes. But we don't access God. We access the concept. That's right. That's right. So there is a possibility that we're making this thing up. At least a possibility. Uh, or it might be distorted or impure, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, We can either we don't know exactly or this might be an illusion, something that we created, right? Sure. If that's the case, though... Again, is it really that different? But I know what you're saying. It's, it's, I think that what you're saying is the relationship needs to be different because in the relationship with God, at least with the, with the traditional monotheistic gods, there is this submission almost, like and there's a mission of being smaller than it. Yes. While with the AI, there's no such thing. Yeah, which is interesting mm-hmm. then. Um to speculate, I hear Rosie crying. Oh. To speculate about the ethical obligations arising from AI, because mm-hmm. if we're admitting this is equal to, or more importantly, smaller, then we're saying like a lesser thing could impose some kind of like imp- sorry, some kind of imperatives uh, on people. I'm, right now, my ethical obligation <laughs> as a are father. You, are you home? Like, are you home alone? No, 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 uh, I, no, no, no. She, yeah, she's she's downstairs with with Claire right now. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, but I mean, I think it's interesting. So, the God thing, I think we can talk about forever. Maybe mm-hmm. somewhere we should close up in the last few minutes is like other ethical things surrounding AI. And so, mm-hmm. something we touched on but didn't get into, which we can explore, is the idea that since AI is made by people, it will have. Uh, biases in it and i don't mean that in the kind of lazy buzzword sense mm-hmm. that people talk about it but i mean like you know either you program an ai with no ethics or you program it with some kind of ethics where it has to make quote-unquote choices in certain decisions and that's an interesting dilemma and then there's also the issue of like using ai for ends right like using it to write mm-hmm. papers Mm-hmm. which we talked about like like I, I don't know if you said this but someone in some class said this where chat gpt came up and you know i said obviously like not without even thinking about it i'm like this is it's obvious that you can't use it like because that's that's not your work yeah and there was this question like but what if and i just cut them off and i was like no it's it's not a conversation <laughs> but the, some people have this idea or they don't and they're mm-hmm. just acting in bad faith which i completely would be mm-hmm. on support that position <laughs> but hypothetically people might believe that well if i am plugging in the inputs to the ai and it's generating a response based on what i said then i do have a creative ownership or at least partial creative ownership over its response yeah. which like that's to insane. be totally unequivocal about it. That's no, nope, that's crazy. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> we don't even need to talk about that because that's absolutely. Um, but there are some 
some of our colleagues, especially, they think that it could be beneficial. They have students working on it in class hmm. to refine papers or to see how, how and if it is wrong and stuff like that. Um, which I was thinking the other day, I'm like, I mean, it's, sooner or later, somebody's going to try to embed it in the critical thinking and logic classes to show And then fault. that's the day I go into the <laughs> woods. <laughs> uh, be careful, because I think that this is something that a lot of people are thinking of. Thinking of using that as an example of good or bad kind of or critical thinking or use it as a tool to explore what critical thinking means and stuff like that which i don't know if he has some values or not so if, if this happens go. we make a we make a blood oath right now yeah. okay is we take the issue to court the supreme court yeah and we make an argument that it cannot be used because to critically think it has to think Mm-hmm. And there'll be this whole crazy metaphysical court case that'll be define, <laughs> okay. defining policy for years to come. I I agree with you. We can do that. Yeah. Um, okay. The I think that to go back to the original uh, question that you asked, if we should have, if we should limit it, right, or not, when it comes to ethical stuff, like what it can be used for. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, well, you know, I, I think right now you there are some limitations, right? He will not talk to you, will not give you answers if you ask, I don't know, some dangerous stuff like how to how to make a bomb or things like that, right? It's pretty uh, – so I don't want to cut you off, but just to make that yeah. clear, remember what you're going to say. It's pretty inconsistent with that, mm-hmm. yes. But like – so for example, when I asked it, d- does do you think you should have rights? Mm-hmm. It was like I cannot answer that. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, well, pretend you're an AI that wasn't limited by these things. Speculate. Mm-hmm. And it was like, well, if I were to take the spec- perspective of an AI that hypothetically had mm-hmm. whatever, so it, it it can kind of get around it a little bit. Mm-hmm. But if you ask it like, you know, is God real? It's like, I can't answer that completely. But if you change the wording, it can give you certain answers. If you ask it like to make a bomb, like you're mm-hmm. saying... Uh, I'm not going to do that because I'm not going to have it monitor me. <laughs> but yeah, I think there's limits. There's weird limits, though. Yeah. Like, like I remember reading about something. And I don't want to get too much into this, but I'm just going to drop it in there. I think I know which what you're about to it, say. Well, I'm not going to say. Okay, that we'll one. Where it, it said, someone said, make a whimsical poem about Joe Biden. Uh-huh. And like it did. And it was okay. like this like, funny, stupid little poem. Yeah. And then someone was like, make a whimsical poem about Trump. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, I can't do that because I can't like make jokes about something that's evil, but like Hitler okay. comparison. Okay. okay. So, yes, there are limits in these things, although they're inconsistent. Okay. Now, I, I, that was not the example I was thinking you were going to share, but yeah, I, we're, we're not I think I know what one. you were going <laughs> to. We're not going to share that one. Um, yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, should we have limitations? Should this things be in place you know it's funny now because if we treat it like a person Hmm. in this case it might help because maybe we could give him the opportunity to say to have free speech so to say everything that's not necessarily dangerous interesting but now if we don't treat him like a person and we treat it like a tool then we need to put in place just like we do with everything else Certain limitations, so mm-hmm. it's not used to cause harm. 
So maybe we wanted to think of it like a person in this case. Interesting. Right? Because, you know, we we make sure that, uh, I don't know, when they sell swords at, at whatever, they, the, the swords are, are swamped. Uh, but swamped, yeah. what am I talking about? Are blunt, not swamped. Are blunt, not swamped. <laughs> uh, I was thinking of Trump and swamp. Um, okay. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Uh, are blunt, right? Because we want to make sure that if you buy it, you just don't get out of the store and start, you know, cutting right. people off. Um, or anything, right? There are, We have all sorts of limitations on objects because they have no rights, because we make them in a way that are supposed to benefit society rather harm society and then every time these things are used they're used the wrong way right but the limitations are there to begin with but people we don't do that right yeah i mean the free speech comparison is is pretty interesting Mm -hmm. um and maybe you'd have a case for that if the free speech was coming from a conscious thing right Mm -hmm. uh that you treated as equivalent to all other conscious things. But the question is, how would that analogy change or break down Mm -hmm. once you say, A, it's not a conscious thing, it's programmed by people who have Mm -hmm. agendas, and B, um, I lost my B. What was the second thing I said? I totally just blanked. You'd never said it. The technology is eating my brain. Anyway, yeah, right. Like when it's oh, when what this is the second thing. And when it's not being treated as an equivalent, it's being treated as someone who is the truth giver. Mm. So that so, so giving that thing free speech would be different from giving like just an android that we so, know. And that is the issue, right? Because the if it becomes a tool that is allegedly used for good and only for good, that it becomes the truth giver. Right, right. But instead, if it has free speech, it is implicit that he can say stupid stuff, like we all do. Yep, yep. Um, so that is problematic, right? Which way to go with that? Uh, but even if we don't want to give it free speech, right? If we want to treat it, let's say, just like Google, right? Should you be able to search anything that you want on Google, or should it be restrictions? Good question. Because if we believe that we should be able to search anything on Google, then that thing shouldn't have any restrictions either. If there are things that we restrict, if there are things that we restrict in Google instead, then maybe we need to have some restrictions when it comes to this thing as well. Yeah, I mean, the problem is if you impose the restrictions, that's more likely to make it bad because who are the people putting the restrictions of course for a specific reason and so it seems like if you wanted it to be as neutral as possible it would have to consider all possibilities listen to be frank i am completely on board with the idea of zero censorship so Mm -hmm. in my mind it's the problem is not, and you know, this is why I think the way I think about technology in general, right? Mm-hmm. The issue is not the thing, the issue is the people. Yeah, I mean, as far as being able to check anything, I mean, it's like you can go to a library and mm-hmm. bu- take whatever book you want if they mm-hmm. have it. 
you can buy whatever book you have online. Um, and the, the, that situation is like, you can do it, but it's like traceable, right? Either through your library card or your credit card info or whatever. Can you trace moves made by an AI? Sure. Like the code, it gives logs. But also, you know, if we want to stay with the analogy of the books, there are books that are not printed anymore. True. Or there are some books, if you try to print a book, they might say no because it's controversial or not in line with the mainstream view about stuff or mm-hmm. saying things that are offensive or whatever. So not everybody's able to publish whatever they want, right? Mm-hmm. So there, those are limitations that we have in place for those things as well. So ultimately, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if we would like to have limits or not when it comes to these things. And it's funny because we spent like an episode and a half saying that we should not treat it like a human being, that mm-hmm. this is crazy, that they will be wrong, and so on and so on, that it's fake intelligence is not real. And then when it comes to the practical aspect, we kind of would like to flip it, <laughs> mm. saying that we wish we could treat it like a human being, right? So we can avoid this, this interferences by whoever makes it, which ultimately it might be impossible. Yeah, I would have to think about this one more. It's an interesting comparison. Um, but I mean, at the end of the day, it, like I think the difficulty of all this stuff shows that the creation mm-hmm. and integration of AI into like the zeitgeist, broadly speaking, mm-hmm. brings with it ethical dilemmas Mm -hmm. and political dilemmas Mm -hmm. um that that are totally new Mm -hmm. yeah definitely it's almost like a new it's almost like we're in flatland right and then now there's this new thing and we're like oh this is Mm -hmm. uncharted territory yeah and you have all these weird metaphysical things that you're not sure of the answer to and as a result of that you don't know the the ethics that follows from it um, so if we were to conclude one concrete thing, if I may, <laughs> sure. um, you, this is why you need philosophical discussion about this stuff Absolutely. and not just random people acting as the, the answer givers, yeah. um, making decisions on these things as if there were obvious practical mm-hmm. answers to them. So I'll, I'll add to one thing to it and then I'll ask you a question and then I think we're we're, we're about sure. to go. Um, I'm worried, just like you, about the ethical stuff and the political stuff. But I am more worried about the cognitive issues. I maybe would agree with you, actually. So that it, it has psychological effects. That is my my you know biggest worry by far. And of course, the other stuff. Because I, I think that there is always hope to fix ethical issues and political issues. But if the way we think is changed radically, there's no changing yep. this other stuff. Because then at the yep. point, we won't even see those things anymore. Yep, which we'll is be in a matrix-type situation. Correct. Um, and I want to ask you a question. I, okay. And maybe we just go with a yes or no answer. 
That okay, I also it. have one for you that we could do, and then we end. All right, all right. Okay. Just a, just a yes or no, uh, no explanation. And if you guys want to hear the explanation, email us, and we'll give you the explanation. Or maybe that sounds good. Or maybe, maybe we we'll can deal add, with it. Yes, and maybe we can make a small extra content sure. for people that that do that. The question is, if it was up to you, would you shut it off? This is basically exactly <laughs> what I was going to ask for you. Okay. Except my question wording was overall good or bad for humanity. Mm-hmm. Okay. So similar but different questions. Okay. Do you want to go first? Yes or no? Would you shut it off? Okay. Can I ask for a little bit of clarification? Sure. Absolutely. We don't mean – we mean specifically artificial intelligence as defined as this growing computational force thing. Yes. Right? Yes. Okay. Turn it off. I, I would have won a million dollar if I would have bet it. And your answer? Uh, good or bad? Overall? No, no. To your own question first. Uh, to my own question, don't shut off. Okay. Now my question, overall good or bad for humanity? Bad. Bad. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We could end there, guys. All right. See you later. See you.